Ortiz. Hey Jose, how you doing? Um, I'm a little ashamed to be honest that you know we talked about we, we did show 100. Talked about oh it's gonna be great you know hopefully we'll get these shows out we're gonna get on a regular schedule and a month goes by completely miss CES completely miss uh, the iBooks announcement uh completely miss news about Rim getting new CEOs and we we've just been uh. Yeah, we we definitely didn't get on that. <laughs> yeah, no, we should definitely apologise to the to the listeners. We um just I think no no excuse really other than the fact we just completely got swamped. I had a project it was coming to an end, and I think uh, John's moved, so yeah, at the moment he's without internet access. And I know yeah, Sheldon's Sheldon's at pubs and playing shooting pool, drinking yeah, beer. Yeah, right he's at hustling people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. It. I mean, it, it, time just kind of slipped away. I remember um, we were trying to get something together for for CES um, after CES wrapped up, and and at least do a you know kind of a, a wrap up show for CES. Um, and yeah, we just never got around to it. And now here we are. What about three weeks removed from it? Um, so. We 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 missed that, but you know what? We're just gonna move forward. There's there's plenty of news to talk about, um, plenty to to uh, go over. So I think I, I I think based on what uh, the four of us have talked about, um, we should be able to get our regular schedule now. So <laughs> yeah, I mean I should be uh, should be pretty clear, and hopefully we can uh, make up for things when we cover the uh, uh, Mobile World Congress when that kicks off. Yeah, I mean that that's the that's the real mobile event, right? Uh sure stuff comes out of CES, but I think past few You know what? Actually, more mobile news came out of CES this year than I expected. Just because the past, I don't know, two or three years mobile at CES hasn't really been uh that that big. Um and this year we saw we saw a few phone announcements. I mean, you know, Nokia came out and and uh finally announced the the first uh Nokia Windows phone for for the U.S., I guess the official U.S. Nokia Windows phone, which is uh, Lumia 900, right? And uh, I think the Lumia 900 is really what you, what you've been looking for and, and waiting for. And uh, uh, I, actually, I think we mentioned it on on 100. We were in the middle of recording 100 when that announcement came out, and and, and I made mention of it. And it seems like the 900 is what the 800 should have been, um, regardless of whether it was going to come to the U.S. LTE device or not. Um, I think the 900 should have been what they launched with, and uh, it's it's nice. I mean, personally, I felt like people were making a huge deal out of something that shouldn't be a huge deal. Um, I think it's a bigger deal that that it shows that Nokia is finally ready to address the U.S. as um, you know the, as a primary market. Uh, where in the past, prior to to the Windows Phone transition, Nokia saw the U.S. as kind of uh, you know a, a secondary thought. Um, didn't have great carrier relationships, therefore it was difficult to get good devices out um, to U.S. customers, other than their direct sales channel, which, as we know, U.S. customers are used to the the subsidy model. Um, and paying five hundred, six hundred dollars for a device and unlocked device is just not feasible for most. Um, so I think this definitely shows their commitment to the U.S. market now. But as far as the device itself, it's nice, but it, I didn't see anything mind blowing about it, right? I mean, we it's it's basically kind of what we saw with the N eight hundred, right? That it was the the N nine, just you know, with Windows Phone slapped on it. Um, that's what I feel this was. Um, you know, it has a, a front-facing camera now, I believe, and of course it's LTE. It's going to be a, a, a an LTE device, which um, you know is is a pretty big deal given uh, that AT and T doesn't have too many LTE devices right now. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm sure you're excited about the uh, that uh, Jace. Uh, obviously, it, it's not in the UK yet, but. I've already started seeing new stories about the the Lumia 900 com, coming to the UK pretty soon. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I am excited about the device, and I, I really like the look of it. I mean, it's a <clears throat> hasn't quite got the same look as the as the 800, but it is a, a similar kind of chassis design. Um, and I know there's talk about the 900 coming over here in maybe June time. Um, and I know Ian had a post about maybe the 910, um, which I guess maybe that could be the 900 without LTE potentially um that gets launched over here but that i mean as you say that is definitely the device i've been waiting for with the the 4.3 inch screen um and uh yeah it looks looks really really nice yeah and um we'll see it's going to be launched with at&t here pretty soon i know microsoft uh retail stores just start start taking pre-orders for the n900 uh i'm yeah the the lumia 900 sorry um and uh, we'll, we'll like see it. how it is. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not big on carrier branded devices, so I'm really hoping that uh, I'm probably not going to end up getting one until you get it over the UK because I'm sure I doubt the US is going to be, be able to um, get an unlocked, unbranded version of it. So I'll probably have to wait for the UK version. But uh, I, I like, you know, the, the minimalistic style and design of it. Um, and uh, I, I want to get my hands on one just because, I don't know, it, it seems like it'll be hardware that will, you know, will really be able to show off Windows Phone. Um, I haven't been happy with the Windows Phone experience that I've had so far uh, on the, you know, I had the, the Dell Venue Pro, um, which was, was cool because it had that, that slide up, uh, the slide out QWERTY keyboard, the portrait keyboard. Um, but it just it kept having connectivity issues, and uh, I mean these issues are obviously more hardware related to Dell rather than than the operating system itself. But it definitely didn't help in terms of uh, of showing off the OS. And then the HD7, I just you know it, it was it was hell just trying to get uh, Mango on it. Um, and yeah, I just I haven't really enjoyed the experience, so I'm hoping that maybe a uh, uh, a nice device like the Lumia 900 um, will let me experience it a bit differently. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I'm guessing the uh, exclusivity with AT&T is what uh, Verizon were complaining about in terms of Microsoft not moving quickly enough with LTE. And um, but from what I saw, I think they're they're quite um, <laughs> aggressively pricing these. I think it was like $25 or something for the 900 with a, I'm sure with a contract. But you know, for that kind of device, that's quite aggressive pricing. Yeah, definitely. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's certainly good to see. I know um, Nokia had their um, earnings report where their profits have, are still dropping. Um, obviously, they're still in this transition period. But on the kind of positive side, although it's you know small numbers compared to the iPhone and, and Android, but they they reckon that the Lumia's um, broken the one million barrier in terms of the number of phones sold. Which, given that it didn't launch until kind of what November time. Um, you know that's that's not bad going really, considering Windows Phone's small um, market share. And it was it was actually nice to hear Gary talking on the on um, the Digital Lifestyle show, saying that his sister he discovered had got the Lumia 800. And reading between the lines of what he said, it, uh, it sounds like she's you know kind of person that picks her phone based on what she likes without any kind of real um, devotion to any one um, platform or. You know, really reading between the lines about the technical abilities, she just picks something that she likes. So, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, it definitely has a unique look, right? Um, I read an article. Um, it was probably on, on the Verge um, about the the choices uh, of the choice of color, right? Because you have uh, cayenne, you have magenta, um, you have the solid black color, um, and I guess it's. Kind of an ode to uh, the 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 primary colors uh, used in, in design, right? So you have the the CMYK, um, cayenne, magenta, yellow, black. Um, although I, I don't think we've seen a yellow one, right? Um, no, there's been some rumors of a white one, but uh... yeah. But I guess that's what the because the the, the cayenne um, device and in, in of any of the Lumias we've seen so far, right? Whether it's the the 800 or the 900, the, the Cayenne really pops, right? It really grabs your attention, um, and I don't think I don't think you can not like the Cayenne color. I, I think there's definitely people who can 
say, hey, the cayenne color isn't for me, right? It's not something that that I would carry. Um, but it definitely grabs your attention, definitely unique. And, and um, the material uh, that, that they're using is it's really nice. And it, it's just so simple, uh, but it, it pops. It's it's very attention-grabbing. Personally, I, I love the cayenne color, and I think when I do get one, that's probably the color I'm going to go with, um, which is out of the ordinary for me, right? Because I'm, I'm usually just giving the standard black <laughs> sign, you know? Um, but it, it just, it, it pops. It's very tension grabbing. Um, the magenta, um, looks very nice. Um, and in, in this case, I feel like the black, um, color doesn't show off the hardware at all. The, and I'm talking about the, 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 the physical hardware, right? The, the design, I feel like it, it's very muted. Uh, and which is weird because usually the black is, is, you know, not attention grabbing, but black is usually the the color that that's more subtle and in terms of design will will kind of fit the style a little more. Um, for example, the the I, I've seen pictures of the Galaxy Nexus in white, and it doesn't it doesn't seem to fit just because that black screen seems like yeah the white is just a case around it um, where the 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 gray trim that the Galaxy Nexus has. Um, kind of fits it. It's like okay, it's it goes along with it. So I don't know if I'm making any sense right now, but it's it's making sense in my head. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, well, I know um, I know JT Bennett over on the uh, WP Central podcast. Uh, he's he's got the uh, Cyan Lumia 800, and he absolutely loves it. And like you say, the color is just really striking. Certainly, if um, <clears throat> if I was going to pick up an 800, that would be the color I'd be looking to go for, just because it, it's you know, Nokia's kind of traditionally kind of gone for quite bright phones i think it, it kind of suits their personality and i think it, it makes it stand out as opposed to like you say just the, the standard black and and interesting enough a couple of weeks ago i actually managed to get my hands on a uh a Lumia 800 thanks to nokia's pr department um the contact i contacted them just after the Lumia 800 launch saying whether or not we could get hold of a, uh, a device for review and discussion on the show and I got an email a couple of weeks ago saying they'd now got one and, and sent it to me. And I have to say that, that the device is absolutely amazing to look at. The build quality is just first class. Um, and for me, the the uh, kind of the romanticism, as I said before, of having that Nokia symbol sitting at the top of my phone is just, you know, it just gives me a nice feeling. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, the like everyone has said, I know that you know if if you need a review, there's plenty around, which is why the post I did on the digital lifestyle is more just my thoughts rather than a, a full-scale review and but just the first thing that strikes you and everyone i've shown it to has also said that the display is just absolutely amazing and, and kind of gives windows phone a, a slightly different feel to all the other devices that i've that i've seen or used mm-hmm. so um but yeah i've been really really pleased with it I've, I've been using it um kind of non-stop for the last week and a half i had to wait till i got hold of a micro sim to use it properly full-time but uh but no, I've been been really really pleased with it. The only the only negatives I've been able to come up with is the um, the cover for the USB uh, micro USB charger um, kind of pops up. Um, so uh, with the Omnia Seven, it it's like a sliding cover. With this, it it flips up and it feels really um, brittle, like it would easily snap off. Now maybe I'm being a bit too harsh. Obviously, I've got to send it back, so I haven't given it any kind of <laughs> any rough treatment but it just looks like it would easily snap off but apart from that really the only criticisms i've been able to let, throw at it is is purely personal ones as we, as i've said before the screen is just that bit too small for me even though the resolution's the same i've found when i've been flicking back and forth between them i just find text easier to read on the bigger um omnia 7 and um and the other thing i've noticed is with the omnia 7 the hardware button i kind of have a preference towards that because i can use it to to switch on the phone without fumbling around for the power button, but uh, I mean they're purely personal things. But the uh, but yeah, just to repeat, the build quality on it it, it feels first class, and um, I've kind of been unfortunately reluctantly putting the uh, the rubber bumper um, on the phone just to protect it because I know I'm responsible for any damage to it. So, um, but actually, I'd much rather use the phone without that on. Because the, is it? I mean, is it that fragile? Where it will pick up screen? It, it seems like the uh, the the paint job on it would would stand uh, normal 
Normal yeah, use. I think um, I think I've just been a bit overcautious, man. I, I don't want to be sent a five hundred quid bill when I send the phone back, so I've probably been, been very, very overcautious. I mean, it certainly doesn't feel like the device will scratch easy, and obviously Sheldon will be very, very happy with the Gorilla Glass, so um, you know, <laughs> no real risk yeah. to that. But um, but just, I mean, I kind of like the fact that they included the the rubber cover in, in the package. Normally, that's the first thing you have to look to buy if if you're you know the sort of person that likes to protect your phone that a little bit more, but um, you know, you know what? What's funny about that uh, statement is HTC. When uh, so before Android and all that, you know, I used to buy basically every HTC Windows phone that would come out, uh, starting with the HTC Touch. And uh, HTC would always include screen protectors with their phones. Um, you know, just a, a little thin plastic film that that you would put on your screen. And um, I think. When I first got the Hero, the HTC Hero, you know, I pulled it out and took everything out of the box, and I was thinking, "Where's where's the screen protector? What's what's wrong with this? You know, where where what happened?" And they stopped including screen protectors. And at first, you know, I, I would go out and buy the official HTC screen protector from like Expansys or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And then I started realizing, wait, you don't, I, I can. I see now why they don't include the screen protector anymore because you don't need it anymore, right? Because with the capacitive touch screens, they're using um, either hardened plastic or um, or glass or just straight up glass, which won't really scratch. Um, whereas before, when they had the the resistive screens, you know, you had the the stylus you had to worry about, you know, when you put pressure and and plus the 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 plastic film, the the resistive plastic film that they put um, uh, on it for the sensor. Uh, was very fragile, so it would scratch a lot easier. Um, and and that 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 was always the only protection I, I would use on on the device. It was just I was just worried about the screen because the materials that HTC would use for for the 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 chassis itself, you know, they they would use that uh, that soft touch material, which didn't really scratch. I mean, unless you threw it against the concrete or something like that. Um, but normal, normal everyday use, it would never scratch. Um, and and I'm still of that school of thought. I hate putting any type of case or bumper or anything around my phones because I, I just feel like it takes away from from the design. I mean, in that case, what doesn't matter what phone I get if the specs are the same. I don't care what the design is. I'm just gonna put it in this bulky, ugly case anyways. So um, yeah, now I just I go. I go unprotected now. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I've I've never put a screen protector on any of my phones. Although, as I said before, my first few um, smartphone devices were were company um, provided, so it didn't really matter if they got damaged; they just got replaced. But no, I've I've never ever bothered with screen protectors on any of my iPads or um, or anything. Just I prefer like you, like you, just to use the phone as is. But I um. The only the only phone I've considered getting a rubber bumper for is the Omnia Seven, just because it it feels so slippy in the hand. Mm-hmm. The, I, the number of times I've nearly dropped it just because it, it's that slippy. Um, so I've I've not quite gone to the extent of getting one, but I certainly did did give it some thought. But I have to say the um the cover for the Lumia Eight Hundred doesn't actually it, take away too much. It's it's the same color as the actual body of the device. Um, and the buttons are designed so that they kind of sit snugly um, into the uh, bumper cover. Um, so actually, it doesn't detract too much. But I have to say that the actual device itself doesn't feel as without even without the cover on it doesn't feel slippy like the Omnia Seven does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been uh, it's been really nice. And <clears throat> I have to say, I had a had a great experience in a, in a T-Mobile store. I mean, you know, we we're not the carriers, but I think credit where it's due. And I was in the store trying to get the micro sim. And they they got one for me, swap, scanned it to replace my old one, and it wouldn't actually fit inside the Lumia. And the reason being is that the you could see there was like a lip um, on the micro sim, and they tried it, tried two or three. They actually went and got one of their own, which was which you could see was just that slightly thinner, and went in no problem. So they 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 went through a, two or three of these micro sims trying to get one that would fit in the phone. In the end, we we kind of scraped. Um, part of the the edge of the micro sim off to make a kind of a, a, stop it catching on the inside of the phone and it went in no problem but you know interesting yeah i mean i mean bearing in mind these micro sims the ones that what they were trying they'd have had to just throw away you know so I was, I was really impressed with that they really kind of went 
just that step above, you know, what you, what you normally expect from carrier customer service. Yeah, I mean that that's odd that it wouldn't fit it though. That's it, odd that it would need. Uh... I yeah. wonder if that's a that's a, a design flaw on the part of Nokia, or if if there's just a specific SIM that they want to include with each device that uh, you know a proprietary type of SIM. Obviously, it's still a SIM card, but um, yeah, yeah, that's I odd. think um, I mean it was. It was clear from the, the the SIM they had in phone in the store for demoing their phones was clearly thinner, albeit I mean you, you're talking you know less than millimeters, but also the the um, these micro SIMs come in like a, a credit card sized, um, right? You have to, uh, where you, you, and have you to have punch to them of, out. Yeah, and where yeah. it where it punched out, it was just leaving um, like a rough edge. Um, which was just preventing it. When you actually look inside, now I don't know if this is standard because this is the first microSIM phone I've had, but when you look inside where the SIM goes in the, in the 800, it, you can see that the SIM reader is just slightly raised off the circuit board. So mm. it was just catching it. So, But, uh, but that, I mean, apart from that, that's been the only, only problem I've, I've had. And I'm sure if I'd bought the phone with the microSIM shipped along with it, it probably would have been a, a different story maybe anyway. Yeah. Now, so so you did end up getting a microSIM because I know we had uh, when you first got the 800, um, we had some emails going around with us, us being you know Ian, you, Sheldon, <laughs> John, myself, um, and and you you mentioned that that like oh I forgot that this is a microSIM so I can't pop my SIM in here. Um, now I and I've encountered that too. I have this. Uh, MicroSIM punch tool that basically takes a, a full-size SIM you, and, and it punches out, it resizes it to a MicroSIM. Um, and then when I need to put it into a, a full-size SIM slot, I have a little adapter that you put it into. But um, I know you, you were kind of worried of, of doing that and didn't really, really want to deal with that. And you said you're just going to use it data only. So I, I'm guessing – the, the 800 was compelling enough to where you said, I want to use this as a proprietary device and we go get a microSIM? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I did look at those um, those punch um, kits that you can use to cut down a, a full-size SIM to a, a microSIM. And just my worry was that from reading the reviews and whatnot, it was kind of, you had to be really careful about it. And I didn't want to be in a situation where I was left without a phone, especially with commuting every day. I, I just didn't want to be in that situation. So... Um, I did actually phone T-Mobile and they were saying that it was two to three days to ship a micro SIM. But while it was in transit, my SIM, existing SIM would probably get deactivated. So um, in the end, I actually ended up going into it, like I say, going into a T-Mobile store. Um, but yeah, it's just I really wanted to take full advantage. You know, it was really kind of, of Nokia to, to loan the device to me. So I just wanted to make sure I got the full experience so I could talk about it on the show and write about it on, on the blog and you know, just and I have to say, the um, as I mentioned already, it was just the screen size is the issue for me. And when I was flipping between the two, it was really noticeable. But once I got the microSIM in it and actually turned off the Omnia Seven and left it in a drawer, I've over the over the last week and a half, I've I've now adjusted, and actually I could quite easily use the the 800 as my primary device. Um, that said, today I was. Um, Using the Omnia 7 um, to take some photos and some comparison shots and whatnot, and it, it was actually it was nice to go back to that larger screen, even though, the, as I say, the resolution is exactly the same. It's just it just feels nice. So I'm really looking forward to the 900. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I did uh, want to take the opportunity to discuss a, a bit of a. Uh, but hard luck story really that I ran into this week. Uh, you always feel bad when you've recommended a device to someone and uh, and it oh. goes wrong. And I know we've talked about HTC and their their quality dropping down. It was um, a colleague of mine who who wanted to get off the iPhone and I recommended Windows Phone and he he looked took a look at it and you know really liked it and took the plunge and got HTC Titan. Um, back in December, um, ironically enough, he actually, uh, when he was still thinking about it, actually accidentally dropped his iPhone and smashed the glass. So it kind of pushed him, <laughs> pushed him over the edge. And, uh, <laughs> right. Unfortunately, while they're on holiday um, in early, well, early January, taking pictures and taking videos, you know, big family holiday, and you know, you're on holiday, so you don't really think about syncing the device to get everything off it. And he. Um, he was trying to connect to a Wi-Fi network. Um, it wouldn't connect, so he tried powering down the phone, powering it back up again. Tried turning back on the Wi-Fi, still wouldn't connect. And this time when he switched the phone off, he left the Wi-Fi on. Now, I don't know if that had any impact. 
Um, but when he tried to turn the device back on, it just got stuck at the uh, HTC splash screen and wouldn't boot anywhere beyond that. And um, digging around the net for him and um, looking into it, it seems to be that HTC were aware that some ver- some of the very early Titans had um, a storage card issue, which left them in this state where they couldn't boot. Um, and unfortunately, so all those pictures and videos are still on the device, but he can't get access to them. Wow, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> so, uh, before I get into HTC... Um, <laughs> So Windows Phone doesn't automatically. I thought it automatically synced your pictures with uh, with SkyDrive. You can turn that on. It's something that you have to you have to selectively put on. It's not on by default, um, and those the pictures aren't full res, so it actually reduced. They actually downscaled. Um, downscaled, um, and also that wouldn't have saved the videos, or at least I don't think it syncs the videos. I must admit, I'm, it's not a feature I've tried because of that loss of uh, resolution. Um, it's not something that I use, so so yes, I mean that would have saved at least a copy of the pictures. Um, but again, because you, he's on holiday abroad, you're not necessarily got your data roaming on, so that wouldn't have helped either. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I know that's I've actually enjoyed that about Google Plus on on Android, how it it syncs everything up, um, you know, so I can I don't have to worry about. Every t- <laughs> I've been switching phones like crazy lately, and not I haven't been switching between different phones. I've been switching between th- I have three Galaxy Nexuses or Nexi on my <laughs> desk right now, and I'll I'll explain in a bit. But um, I haven't had to go through the headache as before, where like okay, I have to take out the micro SD card, make sure I unload all my pictures and all that all that crap because I know all the pictures that I've taken the they're up on Google Plus, you know. I can I can get to them anytime I want. Um, plus, on top of that, it's been nice too because there's been times where there's a picture I wanted to reference, and I don't have to think about oh I was on another phone or anything like that. I just launch up Google Plus, I go through my picture history, and you know be able to to access. So it's Google Plus is is definitely nice. Um, now HTC has definitely uh, and and I've talked about this before right I mean I used to uh, I used to talk about HTC all the time and how great they were and uh how much I loved them and you know every HTC device that came out it seemed I was picking up um and and then I, I think the last HTC phone I picked up um was part of the HTC 7 and and that's been out for a while. It was either the HD7 or the Desire Z. I don't remember which one was was available first, but that's I have the the HD7 for Windows Phone and the Desire Z for Android. Those are the two last. Sorry, I lie. I actually picked up the HTC Sensation, something with the S. Yeah, the. There was the Sensation XL, which was the Titan equivalent. I think there was the Sensation. Yeah, it wasn't. That. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the uh, the XL. It was just the the Sensation. So I did pick that up, um, and I actually did end up using that for a bit. But I mean, it was just an iterative update, right? Um, there, there was the the Sensation out for the US for quite some time. They finally just released a GSM variant of that. But spec wise, it really wasn't any different than a lot of the phones that they had out there already. Um, and that became a huge issue, and I just stopped really becoming a fan. We stopped seeing the innovative design elements, right? The Desire Z, that was really unique, right? It had that that unique kind of flip up hinge uh, for the for the landscape keyboard. Um, it just, I don't know. I think they got too comfortable, um, and so I stopped buying um, those devices, and I actually turned to Sony for a while. I was I was picking up some Sony Ericsson devices. Um the X ten, I was very vocally against that device. I, I really didn't like that device at all. Um But the the Xperia Arc ended up being pretty nice, right? I had picked up a couple of the minis, the Mini Pro and the X ten mini. Um and I mean since then I, I I've had the Galaxy Nexus since uh it became available in December. Was it December? Pretty sure it was December, and uh, I have no urge whatsoever to look elsewhere right now. E- even the devices that have been announced, they they seem 
they don't seem that great. Um, and I remember we had talked about me liking the Motorola Razor. Turns out that's a crap device. Um, but I mean, the Galaxy Nexus has just been amazing. Software wise, hardware wise, it, it's been awesome. Um, to the point that I now have three Galaxy Nexi. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, at the moment, I certainly wouldn't recommend a, a HTC again. I think, um, I think their, their quality's been, you know, kind of gradually sliding downhill fast. And I think, um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you always, when you've got a new device, or even if you've got any, any device, you always run a risk that it might get broken and you lose the data on it. But to, to know it was a, a known issue and they could have done the right thing and done a recall on them or, you know, done, done something about it. It's just, I think it's just a, a real shame that it went even boot past the splash screen. It's just, you know, and, and it was perfectly working until he switched it off and tried to reboot it. It was, you know, didn't show any signs of any any problems. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, you know, I think that's what it was that that ACC simply just got too comfortable. Um, and I mean, this is not to say that I'm I'm never going. I won't go as far as you. <laughs> I'm not gonna say I'm never gonna regret because you know you never know what what happens, right? So I they they um said that this year they were going to put out less devices and and focus more on the hero devices, right? So make sure that that uh, I'm sorry, Halo devices. Make sure that they put out instead of putting out let's say twenty, thirty, forty devices out this year, they'll only pull out put out let's say five general models. Um, right, and let's let's say a couple Android ones and a couple Windows Phone ones, um, but they will be distinct enough uh, that they they will there will be a reason for the different models, right? So, let's say one large screen device, a four point zero plus inch device, and then uh, another three and a half inch um, with uh, different specs, uh, something to warrant the different SKUs. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll focus on them so that they, they do actually stand out, uh, whether that's design wise, software, hardware wise, they will do something to where they're, they're going to focus on, Hey, this is our flagship device and it's flagship for a reason. Um, so, you know, who knows, maybe this year we'll see them get back on track. Um, maybe we'll see them go, go back to their, their kind of, uh, Halo status that they had a, a few years back, uh, but as of right now, I think they have a lot to prove, and Samsung has definitely overtaken that spot, um, despite the fact that Samsung still uses, in my opinion, really cheap uh, materials, um, but they, I think they've definitely taken over that, that, that top spot, right? I think everybody right now is, is looking for a Samsung phone, uh, and maybe not Purposely saying, hey, I want to buy a Samsung phone, but by virtue of what they're looking for, right? I have, uh, I have friends who, who are specifically looking for the Galaxy S2, right? And, and they're, ha- in their mind, they don't care whether it's Samsung. They just know that it's the Galaxy S2 and it's a great phone, great screen. Um, you know, here in the US, I've run into, you know, plenty of people that they see my phone and they actually recognize it as the Galaxy Nexus. They ask, they ask me, is that the Galaxy Nexus? Um, so I think Samsung is definitely taking over the spot. Sony has just fully acquired uh, Sony Ericsson, or I guess bought out Ericsson's share of Sony Ericsson. Um, so I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with pretty soon uh, now that they have full control and they're going to have uh, design focus. I mean, the Arc was definitely a great phone. I, I really enjoyed it. It had a couple of issues here and there, but I can't wait to see what it's going to be like running uh, Ice Cream Sandwich. I can't see to see uh, Sony's 2012 uh, phone lineup. Um, so I think HTC kind of got to that point where it, the competition came and overtook them before they even realized it was there. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I loved my HD two, and I really would like to see HTC come come back again, and hopefully they can do that. So um, <clears throat> anyway, without turning into this yet another boring Windows Phone show, um, just a couple of points that some information started to come out about the. Uh, Windows Phone 8, the next release, so um, certainly some interesting stuff there. Certainly um, looks like it is going to be based on the um, Windows 8 uh, kernel. Um, not beta, no, it won't be running Windows 8, but it will be running the, the kind of the mid-win, as Mary Jo Foley likes to call it. I know um, she was also saying and, and asking whether or not 
they will be announcing any details at Mobile World Congress or the question of if they did, will it really be kind closed control doors at the fear of putting people into that I'll wait until it comes out kind of state rather than actually buying the hardware that that, that is out there now. But I think it would, it would be nice if they start talking about it publicly. I think if they can fill people with confidence that the existing devices will be upgradable just like with uh, iPhones then you know maybe that confidence to buy a device now rather than waiting would would still be there within the consumer market but it's certainly nice to see some features some features coming out and certainly starting to look like they're starting to uh, appeal to the um the business market as well with on device encryption and and also access to um native code and applications being able to use these kind of Windows 8 based contracts to be able to swap data between themselves. I don't know if you had any chance to, to catch up on any of the rumours. I know there are any rumours at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that, that'll that be um, definitely interesting to see what, what happens uh, with uh, with Windows Phone as Windows 8 um, comes out. I, I know that they're trying to... Um, Obviously, port a lot of the the Metro style design into Windows 8, and um, you know you've been using your Acer Iconia the uh, with Windows 8 on it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how closely together uh, those ecosystems become. It, it's definitely great to see that Microsoft is finally focusing on on creating a single ecosystem rather than these fragmented technologies, uh, which has been an issue they've had for a, a very, very long time. A <laughs> very long time. Too very long. long time, yeah. <laughs> but uh, to see kind of Windows 8 start to pick up, um, you know, cues from Windows Phone, um, Windows Phone picking up cues from Xbox, Xbox picking up cues from both of those platforms, it, it's, it's, it's nice and at the same time kind of mind-blowing to see Microsoft slowly build this ecosystem right um which is starting it's it's going to start mirroring um kind of apple school of thought more and more um the only difference of course uh, being that i don't think microsoft will ever get to a point to where they're going to control both the software and the hardware uh, I don't think they're going to si- they're they're going to be silos uh, they're still going to rely on on their partners uh to create hardware uh, for all these technologies, but um, as far as the software is concerned, you know, to have them actually integrate and work as a single product um, is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, as much as you know, there was really kind of a an inevitability about it. It was all that will become kind of almost irrelevant. I think in some ways it feels a little bit like it's kind of come from nowhere in that almost over overnight in in some ways suddenly they've got this coherent um uh platform it split you know split over like you say xbox and windows phone and windows 8 when it comes out that you know it's 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 what we've been talking about for ages that they need to do they need to get a, a system um a common experience in place so that people can seamlessly move between these devices and you know it's really nice to see it starting to 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 come to fruition. I know um, there's lots to talk about. Maybe the Windows 8 beta, which is due this month, you know, not, not being too far away. Um, I know there's been stories about Windows 8 um, being shipped out in, in kind of beta form to, um, or maybe pre-beta form to the hardware manufacturers to start working on their ARM tablets. And um, and also, I think, with um this big discussion that's going around whether or not Windows 8 on ARM should or should not have the desktop, you know, whether or not, you know, it's kind of going to be a bit odd having an iPad style device that's still got things like Windows Explorer and Task Manager to build into it. But I think in some ways, I think it still has a place. I'm kind of a bit split whether or not I would like to see Windows 8 on ARM kind of cut the cord and go completely Metro or whether or not when you think about devices like a Windows 8 version of the transformer where you've got the plug-in keyboard that actually it's it would be nice to have the desktop for a full um kind of um creativity space as opposed to just being a consumption mm-hmm. yep yeah i agree definitely agree 
So everyone can't wait to get the Windows. Uh, sorry, it's not called Windows 8 Beta, is it? It's the Windows 8 Customer Preview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> onto the uh, onto the Iconia, because I think that's that will be uh, when it it really comes alive. You know, start to get some of these early apps into the the preview marketplace and really start to experience it firsthand. Yeah, I'll have to figure out what uh, we're going to put. When I don't have a well, you know what? I wonder how. Oh well, it's not touchscreen. I was gonna say I wonder how it would work on my uh, my motion computing LX sixteen hundred from uh, two thousand and like seven I think, but it's not a touchscreen. It's uh, it's got uh, an active digitized screen. Um, yeah, I don't think I'll actually be able to test out test it out on a, on a tablet. And to be honest, I actually have no interest to test it out on a tablet. <laughs> um, but I'm definitely gonna have to find like. Um, an old uh, computer or laptop laying around, and, and oh, you know what? I'm gonna slap it on my um, uh, Dell Adamo XPS. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it'd certainly be interesting to get your input on the <clears throat> on the non-touch experience because I know when I, mean, I had it on on a on a laptop for a short time, and it, I kind of once I got everything set up, I kind of became quite comfortable with it. But I still think, um, and I know Paul Thurrett talks about this whether or not windows 8 in many ways is going to be irrelevant on a traditional desktop whether or not microsoft have got some hidden surprises tucked away yeah yeah i'm definitely more interested on the on the desktop component i don't i don't see myself using um using it on touch uh use windows 8 on touch at all i don't see myself using a tablet or on, on a touchscreen display None of that. So I'm, I'm definitely more uh, focused on, on the desktop component of it uh, and the media component of it just because I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Media Center fan. And my entire media ecosystem is based around Media Center in terms of uh, television and record TV and movies and whatnot. So that that's what, what I'm more interested in um, and seeing if, if they were able to pull up, pull off the, the hybrid of – Touch versus uh, tablet versus desktop, right? Um, hopefully, they pull it off, and it, it's not something that we look back on and say, you know what, they should have developed two separate OSs. There should have been a, a Windows Phone, Windows Phone for tablets, and Windows Eight. Um, so we'll we'll see how that works out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I say I'm kind of s- split whether or not they should have made ARM a, a purely kind of Windows Phone. Um, albeit maybe better, you know, it was still Windows 8, but you know, a purely touch-centric interface without any of the legacy stuff. I think, I think it's, I think really to compete with the iPad, I think in some ways that's what it needs to do. But I can also see um, that my desire to have um, an iPad-style device based on ARM, but still where I can just plug in a keyboard and, and use it as a traditional um, Windows desktop. Yeah. yeah. So we shall see. Anyway, let's move on from Microsoft because we've been talking for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can mention one more thing, and and that's uh, that's just that that Tim Cook mentioned Microsoft, and you know Windows Phone doesn't have uh, a great market share right now, and and it's still it's still very much an underdog, but. Um, Tim Cook uh, mentioned uh, Microsoft um, saying that, look, it's not a two-horse race. Uh, It's not – at this point, it's not just iOS versus Android. Um, We know WebOS, um, you know, kind of had the faith that it did. Uh, We have a a bit of news on WebOS today actually. But, uh, you know, WebOS is definitely not considered a a contender anymore and and it very much seems that it's Android versus iOS. Um, but Tim Cook reminded us that uh, you know you really can't count Microsoft out of out of the race at all. No matter how low ranking it, it may be right now, um, I, I think the quote was, uh, um, "Phone market is in two horse race. There's a ho- horse in Redmond that always runs." Um, and, and that's very true. You know, Microsoft they're they're in it for the long haul. Um, and I think that's evident. You know, they they have plenty of money to sneak sink into Windows Phone and and try to make it work. Um, so you you can you can definitely never count Windows Phone out, at least not at this point. 
because um, it's it's coming from Microsoft. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, at the end of the day, Microsoft needs a mobile platform, um, and I think in in some ways, even if it's only in small numbers, even if it only becomes maybe a, a business oriented device, I think they'll always be in that market. But um, but certainly, everyone I've shown the device to the 800 to, you know, the people have been really impressed with it. They've got someone else looking at prices and <laughs> trying to decide whether they should pick one up or not. And you know, I just think I think they need that, and I think they'll always keep chipping away. So I think it's interesting that, you know, you can't afford to take your eyes off them. Yep, definitely. And I think actually, sorry, just hopping back slightly, that, you know, the, the Windows Phone 8 is talk about having NFC and a, an almost a, a tap to share style, um, <clears throat> you know, picked up from the old WebOS system. So, you know, as long as they can keep innovating and, and also keep, um, for want of a better word, copying all the, all the best ideas out there, then eventually they're going to have something that, you know, will be as comparable as iOS and Android is at the moment. Yeah. And I mean, it's not there yet, but, you know, there's absolutely no reason to think they won't get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, actually, speaking of NFC, so I, I made mention of the fact that I have three Galaxy Nexuses, and I looked it up. It is Nexuses, not Nexi. <laughs> <laughs> but Nexi just sounds so right, though. It does, Nexi, it does. You know? <laughs> Um, and by the way, yes, I know I, I pronounced cyan incorrectly earlier. Uh, it's just anytime I see, I don't know, I've always pronounced it cayenne. Uh, and I know that's a pepper, not a color. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, um, okay, so I have three Galaxy Nexuses sitting in front of me right now. Uh, one of which I took, uh, custody of just before we started. Recording the podcast, FedEx uh, dropped by and, and delivered to me. Um, so here's what happened. So Galaxy Nexus uh, is released in the UK, right? Uh, unlocked GSM variant. Uh, in the US, there was the whole speculate. And I'm sorry, I think it was released in November, actually, because I remember there was a whole debacle about when was Verizon finally going to get the Nexus. Uh, so... I pre-ordered it on Expansus, uh, USA. Got it, I think, a couple of days later than, than some other people had gotten it through a different importer. But, uh, um, it did end up being a little cheaper. Um, so I got it, you know, opened it up, um, started up, cool, you know, loved it from the get-go. And, um, then I decided to start playing around with it, right? I, I, in my head, I already knew that I was going to get a second Nexus, uh, because I wanted to have one that was just going to be stock. I wasn't going to mess with. And then I wanted one that I was going to play around with. I, I, I think I, I'm at the point where like, you know what? I want to start playing around with custom ROMs and, and, uh, these developer options and unlocking the bootloader and these crazy apps to do crazy things when you have the bootloader unlocked. So instead of waiting, I said, you know what? Screw it. I just, uh, oh, I wanted it because, uh, there was some hack to get Google Wallet onto the Galaxy Nexus. Uh, I was like, man, this is awesome. I, I can't wait to go to McDonald's and, and pay for, uh, this super unhealthy, horrible meal with my Galaxy Nexus. <laughs> um, so I unlocked the bootloader, um, installed the, the wallet app, and then it ended up being really sluggish, right? The app ended up being too sluggish. I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to mess with this with this right now. Let me just get it back to, to stock, right? So somehow during that process, I ended up putting a different ROM on it because the – oh, the Google had released the original ROM for, for the Nexus, right? So I was like, okay, I'm going to put it back to stock. Let me put this ROM on it. I put the ROM on there. I relocked the bootloader. And now every time I had booted up, it would show me this little lock on the screen and it would always say like upgrading applications or something like that. And it just annoyed me. There, functionally, it wasn't causing any issues. Um, there was an issue with the radio. I had to, uh, I had to put the right radio, uh, driver on there. Uh, but once I did, it was working just as before, but it was annoying me that when I, when I boot up the phone, it would always show updating system or something like that. Um, I was like, okay, you know what? This has officially become my developer <laughs> device. This has officially become the device I'm going to put ROMs on it and start messing around with. Uh, let me get another one. And um, this actually happened because um, 
uh, Mickey from the Cell Phone Junkie and, and Android Central had tweeted about a deal on Daily Steals uh, for a, a GSM unlocked Galaxy Nexus for I think like six hundred dollars. Um, so I jumped on it. Right, it may even had been under six hundred. So I jumped on it. Like, oh, okay, perfect. So I ordered it. Came in the mail. Uh, came, you know, uh, opened it up, booted it up. Cool. This is my stock uh, Nexus. This I'm going to be using. And I had the the other Nexus that I was just going to play around with. Well, uh, the Google Wallet AP, APK had leaked, right? Where you could install it without having to unlock the bootloader, without having to do anything. I was like, awesome. Let me put it on this device. Now that I don't have to do anything, it, it, it'll just run on, on my stock ROM. And I install it, and when I launch it, it says, I'm sorry, it's not um, – it's not authorized uh, for your carrier or country or something like that. And I went in the uh, um, XDA developers forums and everybody's saying how it's installing fine and working fine. Well, it turns out, and I noticed this actually, when I, I got this new Galaxy Nexus, I noticed the box was a little different. It, it was a little uh, shorter and a little bit um, higher profile, um, so the the dimensions were different of the box itself, right? Which kind of threw me off. Uh, there was no sticker that sealed the box uh, like it was in the original one, uh, but everything else seemed to be legit. Um, the other thing I noticed is that there was a sticker inside the battery that it was written in Spanish. So it turns out I was like, okay, so this is just another variant, right? Instead of the the, Euro the European version of this, I got the Latin American version of this. Well, that's the problem. That when Wallet launches, it checks for uh, your variant, uh, basically. And for the Latin American variant, Wallet will not authorize you to use the app. So now here I was. Finally, the app is available. And on top of that, yesterday um, – the, the story broke, and nobody knows how long it's actually been out there, but anybody with an AT&T SIM, the Google Wallet now now shows up in the market. So you don't even have to worry about getting the APK from some shady site. You can get it as an official download from the market if you are you have an AT&T SIM, which is awesome. Well, unfortunately, and Mickey ran into this too, the, the Latin American version, it shows up in the market. You can download it, but when you launch the app, it won't authorize it because you're, the region on the ROM that, that you have is not correct. Now, I could flash the official uh, ROM from the Google developer site and, and get to work that way, but the whole point of this phone was so I could keep it stock and not have to flash or anything like that. Well, me being me, of course, not being happy. I had to have it my way. I go back to Expanses because I know Expanses is going to send me the U the European version of the, the Galaxy Nexus. Ordered another Galaxy Nexus. Got here today. Launched it up. Put wallet on it. Wallet works like a charm. Well, I haven't actually used it yet, but I installed it, launched the app, was able to register my credit card. So now I have... Three Galaxy Nexuses. I have one sitting here that with an unlock bootloader and, and custom ROMs. I have a Latin American version, which works perfectly except for I can't use Wallet with it. And I have the one that I actually got today. That's my story. <laughs> I can't believe you got through the same phone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now... <laughs> It, it, it's interesting that I went through this whole ordeal because of Google Wallet, because uh, a story that was just posted on The Verge. Um, there, there was a huge deal about Verizon not acknowledging, I guess, the Galaxy Nexus, right? I mean, the Galaxy Nexus was announced in a Hong Kong event, and then it was known that Verizon was going to pick it up in the U.S., but there was no announcement from Verizon whatsoever about when it was going to finally be available. And uh, Christmas was coming up. December came. Nothing. And I think a week before Christmas, or maybe it was the week of Christmas, Verizon made it available without any fanfare whatsoever. Right? They made no official announcement. It just kind of became available on their website. Uh, and maybe a blast email to people that had signed up for notifications. When weeks prior, maybe three or four weeks prior, they made this huge deal about the Motorola Razor. Um, and we know that phone didn't end up being that great. Um, 
and we we knew that there was a, a rift going on between Google and Verizon, right? Verizon kind of didn't want this raw Google experience on their network. Uh, matter of fact, one of the things that they did not enable on the the Galaxy Nexus for Verizon was Google Wallet. Um, and people are getting Google Wallet on the Verizon Nexus through other means. But officially, if you go onto the, the Verizon Galaxy Nexus, go to the market, Wallet is not there, not supported uh, at all. Well, apparently, Google has officially removed the Verizon Galaxy Nexus from the Nexus program. Um, if you go to the developer pages, the, the ROM and, and files for the Verizon Galaxy Nexus are, are there just at, for reference only. Uh, not an active device. Uh, any updates will more than likely not be provided by Google anymore for the Galaxy Nexus. They'll have to come from Samsung and Verizon. So who knows how that's going to work out when there's an update available uh, for the Galaxy Nexus. Uh, but it seems like, you know, kind of Google's probably fed up with, uh, with Verizon's games here and said, all right, fine. We, we just won't acknowledge the Galaxy Nexus on Verizon as an official Nexus product. So <clears throat> we'll see how, how that works out. Already you've seen people on Twitter kind of upset about the, the whole situation, but uh, we'll see we'll see how that works out once uh, updates start coming out for the, the GSM variant. Yeah, sure. So I apologize for being a bit distracted there. I was just um, <clears throat> breaking news on Twitter that Brandon Watts has just announced he's leaving the uh, Windows Phone team, which is obviously quite a big loss, I guess. He's quite a big... Certainly a big um, personality in the world of Windows Phone, and always reaching out to developers and giving out his mobile personal cell phone. And so, uh, wish him all the luck. Apparently, he's going off to work on the Amazon Kindle team. Really? Yeah. Wow. Hot breaking news on the podcast. <laughs> I wonder. I, I wonder how how much of that. Um, I mean, I would assume that most of his involvement would actually be on the Kindle uh, Fire platform. Right on on more of the Android uh, platform than on uh, on just the Google Reader. I mean, such such a talent acquisition. I, I wouldn't think it would be just uh, just developed for the black and white e ink nook. I mean, um, Kindle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't imagine that it would just be it would just be limited to to that. It must be like you say, the Kindle Fire and and building that platform, and I guess maybe trying to build up the. Um, the uh, developer ecosystem for that. Mm, okay. Uh, just reading on, I'll, I'll cut and paste it into the show notes. So apologies for interrupting the running of the show, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently Mary Jo Fred has got a post up. Apparently he's going to be director of the Kindle cross-platform team. Kindle apps across all mm. first and third party platforms. So yep, including the Windows are. Phone app and the Windows 8 app. So I guess he'll still be having an influence there, but that's, I mean, such a, a massive character in terms of the Windows phone teams. So that's, that's quite a loss, but yeah. I've just, just tweeted out there any platforms bigger than any one person. So I'm sure life will go on. Yeah. Well, speaking of breaking news, uh, here's some breaking news on the breaking news, which is broke. <laughs> um, <laughs> about, the, about the galaxy Nexus. So apparently, uh, Google incorrectly commented on their relationship with Verizon. Um, the Galaxy Nexus on Verizon will continue to be supported through official firmware updates. Um, it's, it just removed the files for C, CDMA devices because it's, it doesn't support all features, aka Google Wallet. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it would still continue to support the device. So updates will still come from Google and and whatnot. So um, just disregard the last 10 minutes of the show. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit it out. No one will ever know. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, do we have anything? Oh, well, uh, speaking of developer edition, it looks like Motorola is going to be releasing a developer edition of the Razer. Uh, I think it's already available in the UK and it should be coming to the US soon as well. Um. It'll be sold without warranty, uh, but it'll have an unlock bootloader and, and uh, allow developers to do what they do uh, on that. 
so the the Nexus is no longer the only developer phone out there. Um, what else? Let's see if we can run th- through these uh, stories a little. I, I know at this point we've gone pretty long. Um, WebOS uh, is officially open source. Um, got kicked off. Uh, they they released uh, the Enyo kit. Um, I think they still have to release a couple of other little tidbits um, coming pretty soon. But, uh, I mean, it's officially open source. It's out there. So developers, do your thing. And it, it would be – I okay, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up. But imagine how amazing it would be if this became um, – if the community just made this into this massive OS that all of a sudden, you know, brought it to the to the forefront and and you see these variants of WebOS kind of take over and and maybe even not as far as okay, they, they become the, the market leader, but if because you have so much input for the community, because the community is doing these these crazy things, it begins to influence Design elements, features, functionality of uh, other OSs like Android, Windows Phone, and iOS. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it certainly seems like they are putting a team on it. So it doesn't seem like it's, oh, we'll make it open source and then kind of mothballing it. Um, and I, I really do hope that we see WebOS, you know, stay around and, and, and grow from where it is because, you know, it's got such a a good legacy behind it it would be you know it'd be a shame to see it completely disappear it's just you know whether or not with it just being open source you know whether or not there will be hardware manufacturers that will get out get behind it and and pump out devices in any great volume yeah <coughs> but, uh, yeah no i'd like i'd like to see it come something because it was you know it had some such great concepts in it and you know, it certainly would have been a device I would have, if it hadn't have gone away so quickly, it would have been a device I, I would certainly have taken a close look at when I was buying the Iconia, mm-hmm. and bought it and taken it back, of course. But <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, it doesn't have uh, Internet Explorer on there, so of course you can't no, use it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely yeah. not. No, no. <laughs> I can't, can't do my pin site, so. Yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, some some news coming out of Rim. Uh, looks like they're finally doing away with their kind of dual uh, headed dragon way of uh, of approaching things. Uh, no longer dual CEOs. Uh, instead, it'll be um, a single CEO, uh, Thorsten Hines, uh, who was Rim's Rim's COO, is now uh, Rim's sole CEO. Um, so far, things are looking good from what I can tell in terms of uh, this guy's approach. Uh, basically, he came out saying, hey, everything we've been doing is right on track and <laughs> didn't really acknowledge any of the issues. And then came back out like, oh, okay, well, we have some issues, but you know, we have things in motion to fix them. And uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem – I think I think uh, Rim is uh, – quickly going to end up being uh, in a position that Nokia found itself being in um, and maybe have to have to um, adopt uh, some of the type of OS or partner with someone. I, I don't know, but yeah. we'll see how that works out. <clears throat> it's going to be interesting time. I noticed a few days later that um, the, the new guy kind of came out and said, We've, our, our, our short-term strategy is to get existing users to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, I mean, you know, I mean, we've talked about Microsoft with Windows 8 being too far out, you know, but, you know, if they've announced BlackBerry 10 OS, which, you know, isn't going to be out till, was it the end of next year, I think it was, or was mm-hmm. it the end of this year? And again, that's, you know, for a company that's on a downward slide, that's, you know, that's too long. I mean, you look at a company like Nokia that have, that have changed direction, you know, they did it pretty quickly, you know, we said that. Oh, I felt the 800 came to market a bit too quickly, but you know they certainly turned things around and got got it out there, which is what they needed to do to start building up momentum. So I still think Rim's going to be, you know, heading continues down that downward spiral. The only the only book to that trend I've seen is, like I say, is is, is the young people seem to be leaning towards them as devices, but 
Yeah, they'll get wise soon enough, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll see the errors of their ways, and um, so yeah, we shall see. I'm sure we'll be uh, talking more negatively about Rim as the as the year progresses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have anything else? No. Um, no, that was pretty much it for me. Apologies right. to apologies to the listeners. It was very Windows Phone heavy as always is with me, but. <laughs> yeah, and I, I went off on a on a long story like I usually do. So, yeah, um, all right, I think we can wrap it up then. Sure. Um, I was uh, I was just gonna say thanks to uh, Josh Pollard who kind of gave us a quick mention on. I think it was their Christmas special show mentioned me, and I think I've heard your name banded about a few times. Yeah, you're behind. I am, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> well, I only really listen to podcasts on my way to and from work, and with we've taken Christmas off and then um, being absolutely rammed at work, I just uh, got got far behind. But I think um, Josh knows what I'm like. I'm always about two or three weeks behind on this show. He normally gets a tweet from me going, "You know, in that show three weeks ago." <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, awesome. Uh, yes, yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up for show 101. Um, you can. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. The main feed is at TDL Mobile. You can follow me. I'm at Database Jace. I'm at Jose Ortiz. You can follow Sheldon Whitley. He's at Sheldon W. And Jonathan Dixon, who is at... Oh, I'm trying to his handle. John Dixon. Thank you very much, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can look us up on Facebook. Um, I think we ought to talk about getting a Google Plus account up and running, I guess. And... Um, also, you can always contact the show, mobile at the digital lifestyle, and uh, you can also follow Ian Dixon at IS Dixon. So I think that's about it for show 101. Thanks very much for your time, Jose. Yep, thank you, and I'll talk to you next week. Yep, that's the date. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you. See you.